Welcome to Money in the Air, the music podcast about neighboring rights, the royalties you earn from the public performance of your recordings and the business of music in general. Brought to you by IFR, the International Association for Artists and Rights Holders. I'm Andrew, co-founder and chief royalty officer of Royalty. Hi, I'm Gina Deacon. I work for Absolute Rights Management and I work with record labels and artists to ensure we claim the royalty income due to them. I'm Stacey Haber and I'm from Inside Baseball Music Publishing. Hi, I'm Tanya Oliveira. I work for Transparent Entertainment Group. I handle registrations and repertoires for performers and rights holders around the world. Hi, welcome back to Money in the Air, the Neighboring Rights Podcast brought to you by IFR, the International Association for Artists and Rights Holders. And with me, as always, Andrew, Tanya, Gina. Hi, guys. Today, let's talk about the American Music Fairness Act. This is legislation in the United States that narrowly was defeated. Andrew, can you talk us through it, please? Sure. So the bill was reintroduced in Congress sometime last year, I believe in September. And what this aims to do is to pay artists and record labels for radio and television broadcast. So just as a recap for everybody, that right is not recognized here in the United States. And so there is no reciprocity with other countries when a song, when a recording rather, is played on the radio. And this bill has been trying to get passed for quite some time now. It was reintroduced and it passed the House vote, but then the Senate did not pass it, so it got rejected. It is now needing to get reintroduced again to make sure that artists and record labels are getting paid for this performance right on radio and television broadcast. Thank you. And just to recap, it's the reason that the U.S. could not sign the Rome Treaty back in 1961, and they still can't become a member, and they can't have national treatment because, like you say, there's no reciprocity. How soon can it be reintroduced, and how close was the vote? I'm not necessarily sure how close the vote was. That's something that I do have to look into, but I did call the representative, the senator here in California, Alex Padilla, who introduced the bill, And I got through to his office and I was asking for general advice on how this can get reintroduced. And when it does, how the constituents can vote in favor of this bill. And it's really a matter of discussing Americans reaching out to their local representatives and making sure that they understand the importance of this bill and the impact that it could have on artists and and record labels alike. And this is for both featured and non-featured artists? Yes, this is for both featured and non-featured artists. So it's it's the right as a whole. So the money that would get paid, we're not sure, we haven't got that far yet, who would be the administrator of the broadcast performance rights for artists, non-featured artists, for labels, the recorded side in general. But yeah, it'd be for all performers and uh, rights owners associated with the sound recording. Do we know whether it was um, it had party political problems in being passed? Was it uh, something that, say, the Democrats wanted and the Republicans didn't? That is correct. So the okay. House has the majority for Democrats. Democrats have the majority in the House, and then the Republicans, will be, they have the majority in the Senate. So we need to make sure that all the Republican musicians lobby for it next time going in. I believe that it was co-introduced by a Republican senator. Yeah, Marsha Blackbird. She's Republican from Tennessee. Nashville, that makes sense. Musicians. From Nashville, right. Is there anything that we as IFR can do to support it? 
reaching out to any of the local musicians that are that would be represented by any of these their congressmen, congresswomen to be in favor of this bill. That's that was the advice that uh, Senator Alex Padilla's office had had given me. That's really good. Thanks, guys. I think I think for any members listening out there, email us at info at ifr.co.uk. That's iafar.co.uk. This is a big deal. It's radio broadcast. Everybody thinks that the entire country has gone digital, but that's not completely true. Radio broadcasts, television broadcasts still represents a significant pool of money for songwriters here in the U.S. So the theory is that it's going to mirror a similar amount of income for the recording artists as well. If you think about it, the amount of income that we see coming in from the digital side it could be quite phenomenal, couldn't it, to actually have that income coming in. It would be really exciting to see that increase. So, yeah, you know, people don't know what they're missing out on. That's the thing. But it would make a significant difference to artists and labels to be able to get that income. I agree. And I'm wondering about the overlap as well. For instance, Prime Video here in the UK now has Saturday Night Live episodes. So there'd be a neighboring right for the musicians from when it was initially recorded. And then what does it become? How does that transfer to digital in the UK, where when streaming then gets paid eventually? It has domino effective repercussions down the line as well. The US does for Sirius XM, this is satellite radio. And outside of the US, is there are there any other countries that have a lot of digital revenue for broadcasts? Or is it primarily traditional broadcast as we would think of it historically? In the UK, like the digital providers, like they are huge. Like we have BBC iPlayer and um, the digitized version of broad of the broadcast television. You know, you still have to get publishing licenses for those. So I imagine, you know, the neighboring right side. Well, thank you very much. And we'll come back to this when we have some more information. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Remember. Go to ifr.co.uk and become a member.